0: Okay, now we're back. We're back to the part of the uh, Talking Police Sports with Matty B Eagles pregame show that I look forward to very much all week long. It's when I get the opportunity to talk to uh, my guest. He is a 94 WIP show producer and the host and co creator of the Birds IQ podcast, that you can see in here on the edge of dot com. Mr. Kyle Quinn, Kyle, what's up? Welcome back, and how are you doing? I
1: am doing just well, sir. Staying dry. Looking yes. forward to a nice reunion tomorrow.
0: Yes, Kyle, the reunion tour rolls around. Dougie P, I guess this is probably the biggest uh, part of the reunion tour. Uh, I don't know if you – I would say it is, right? I mean, he's obviously uh, the – you know, when you think of Doug Peterson, you know, the statue and the Super Bowl, he's obviously the one that conjures up the best memories of the former players or coaches. Would you agree? I would definitely agree a
1: lot more so than the guy that we just played in yeah. week three. Yeah. And that we may or may not see again in week ten. Who knows? I'm sure we'll get into that. But, man. probably uh, he's probably the reunion that you're that
0: if you're an Eagles fan, you're most looking forward to this season for sure. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we are just to kind of recap on the reunion tour thus far. Jalen Rager week two, I guess. I don't know if that's really counts, but he was a former Eagle. Week three was, of course, Carson Wentz. Week four will be Doug Peterson. And then next week it's on the Zach Ertz and the Arizona Cardinals. But more that next week Kyle, let's get into what you mentioned about the uh, aforementioned Carson Wentz and potentially not being the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders when we see them again in Week 10. Last Sunday down there in FedEx Field was a complete uh, annihilation of a team that looked like in the Red, in the Redskins, in the Commanders that, um, you know, it, it was nice to see it on the other side of the line for a change when Carson Wentz and uh, he, he seems to have not changed any of his old habits. Now he's got a worse offensive line to play in front of. Uh, was there anything shocking to you about Carson Wentz's performance? Did you expect it to be that bad overall? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the
1: only shocking thing is just how bad he really was. I mean, he yeah. was like the worst form of putrid 2020 Eagles Carson Wentz that we could have ever possibly imagined. I, I mean, way different from the Carson Wentz that we saw even the first two weeks of this season when he was, I think, like, second or third in the league in, in passing offense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was brutal. Uh, apparently, we knew about his tendencies to hold on to the ball, and we really took advantage of it. I mean, man, nine sacks, that was uh, that was a big day for
0: the D. You know, and as the sacks were piling up, I, I jumped on the computer to kind of check out if we were trending at all in record territory. Seems like nine sacks uh, is nowhere near any kind of records, uh, not for the Eagles nor the NFL. The Eagle record for a sack in a sacks in a game is 14, Kyle Coin, Did you know that the Eagles uh, sacked a quarterback way back in the 1950s, 14 times it was against the Giants? Did you know that?
1: I did not know that. I know they were kind of floating around stats about it on the broadcast, but I would have to imagine. So I'm not sure when. They started recording sacks in the record books, but I would have to imagine a lot of old games featured uh, some, some good 20 25 stack <laughs>
0: games. So,
1: I mean, you know, you can you know, imagine some of these guys are just getting thrown around back yeah. there. So uh, that would have been a
0: sight to see. But so at nine sacks is nothing to shake a stick at. And uh, before we move on to this week's game, let's talk about those nine sacks. Uh, I saw what, what I saw out of those nine sacks were would you. And maybe you saw it differently, but I want to ask you this. Was it more 50-50 Carson Wentz and scheme or 70-30 scheme Carson Wentz? I mean, how? what do you attribute the nine sacks? Is, is, is it Carson Wentz, basically, what we attribute those nine sacks to, or is it scheme?
1: Well, I think it's, uh,
0: you know, the
1: cop-out answer is a little bit of both. I think if you rewatch all the nine sacks, um, I would probably put three to four of them on Carson Wentz. So that's about a 50% clip right there. but. No, I mean, the recipe was really just good coverage and making Carson Wentz hold on to the ball. Now, the thing about it is Washington, the offensive coordinator there, didn't do him any favors at all. No. I couldn't count how many times they had him going back in a seven-step yeah. drop, uh, which was just brutal for the guy. He was getting crushed out there. So, if you're the offensive coordinator, you've got to make some kind of adjustments, uh, especially with how poorly the offensive line was playing. you got to have him getting the ball out quicker. Three-step drops uh, just make life a little bit easier for Carson Wentz, who is... Obviously, getting very uh, frustrated at just how badly he was getting beaten
0: up back there. And, you know, I, I can't blame him. No, I can't blame him either. Also, the uh, two more questions in re- reference to the commanders, and then we'll move on to the, um, the game at hand. Uh, the next question centers around the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and their absolute dominant performance of the second half 24, uh, sorry, first half, 24 first half points. Uh, the game was really pretty much done at halftime. I, I, I felt that way. But then Eagles came out and did not score any points for the second straight week in the second half. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that kind of, maybe it's mixed. I've heard kind of half and half, but I err on the side of, I am concerned about that, Kyle Quinn, that you cannot score no points in a whole half of football, not one week, but two weeks in a row. Uh, Can you, where do you come out on that whole no, no second half points trend? Well, I'm, I'm not concerned about
1: it at all. If you look at the, the offense and how talented they are and how explosive they are, uh, if they need to go down and score points, I have pretty much no question, no doubt in my mind uh, that they're going to be able to do that. Now, I do find it funny you choose to point out the offensive performance in the second half and not the defensive performance in the second half over the last two games, which has been absolutely dominant, Matt, and has made it so that the offense hasn't needed to score any points.
0: That's a pretty good thing. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not ignorant to that and, and whatnot, but I just feel that, uh, I, you know, in the, in the Minnesota game, I was more concerned about no second-half points than I was in this game, because obviously I think in this game uh, it was more of a scheme thing uh, where they were trying to kind of do something differently. Uh, and I'm not saying they were not trying to score points, but I don't think I think they kind of went to a different part of the playbook in the second half, maybe more of a clock grinding style of play. Uh, they weren't really taking that many big, deep shots down the field. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to give them that. So <clears throat> I want to see how it kind of c- goes the rest of the way, obviously, but this is something we cannot live on, Kyle Quinn, week to week. No points in the second half. Do you agree? Well, yeah, of course not, but I, like I said, I think when they need to score points in the second half, they're going to be able to. So, like
1: you said, and I, I do think this was the case uh, against Minnesota, and even against Minnesota, there were two drives where they did end up uh, going down the field, but one of them was ended up with a, uh, a tipped interception off of Gainesville's hands, and then one was a blocked field goal. So, you know, there were opportunities for them to get points. Now, I will say I'd like to see them run the ball. Uh, be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively yeah. in the second half of games, and that would uh, you know, help sustain drives and, and obviously what you hope is end up with more points on the board, and I think they will be able to do that without the dominant they are up front. Um, they do have a good enough run game to be able to do that, especially with Jalen Hurts back there, so I, I really do not think
0: it's going to be a problem. Now, Kyle, with the offensive uh, dominance at times, they're, they're looking like a, a otherworldly unit most of the time. They're out there that Jalen Hurts continues to trend in the right direction on a lot of different Checking a lot of good boxes. That head is going down the field. It's not looking down. He's trying to make a play with his arm versus making a play with his feet. I definitely can see that. Uh, And the defense's resurgence over the last couple weeks. Kyle, there is one side of the football that concerns me a little bit here in Philadelphia. And it's not a side that people like to talk about because it's not sexy. And that is the special teams unit. Uh, Kyle, we are a dreadful return unit. We are a dreadful punt unit, both on the, uh, you know, we can't see, Sipos, I don't know what he's doing out there. I don't know why, how long we're going to last with him. Uh, and obviously Jake Elliott, who hasn't really been called upon much, uh, has done his job at, at this point. But are you concerned with the special teams that it might cost us as well going going down the road?
1: Well, yeah, uh, th- this is a point
0: where I'll definitely agree
1: with you here because people like to act like special teams aren't a big deal, but they are when you need them to be. So, I, for example, Green Bay last year—I pointed this out on the podcast. Green Bay last year was very strong offensively, and everyone was like, "Oh, this might be the best defense that Aaron Rodgers ever had." But their special teams was—they weren't just an average unit. I mean, they were a—they were an awful, awful unit and to the point where like people would point it out. Like analysts were pointing out, like, "Oh my God, that special teams unit in Green Bay is really, really bad." And what ended up costing them against the 49ers in the playoffs, I think it was a blocked punt on special teams. So uh, you you need a good special teams unit. You need to be well-rounded as a football team. The field position battle is very, very important, uh, especially when you're playing really good teams. Um, So... Yeah, I mean that—that's definitely an area of concern. The 2017 Eagles were really sharp on special teams. They didn't yep. surrender good field position, and they—they uh, they always tend—you know—they would tend to start with good field position, and then they had a guy like Sproles who could break one off or at least half the season there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, having a good special teams unit is more important than I think people like to pretend it is. And that's
0: definitely an area where the Eagles need to improve. And then, you know, at one point, I believe they heard a Devontae Smith out there to return punts. That is not what I want to see at all. (laughs) That's not the option right there for me. Yeah,
1: he's probably the last guy. Uh, you want to see out there? I mean, I get that they you know, they want to spark, and I do think Devontae is a shifty and a faster guy than he might let on. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really interested in seeing my number one, 1A, one 1B one guy, wide receiver out there
0: uh, fielding punts. That's a no-go for me. Not me either, Kyle Quinn. Okay, let's kind of close the books on the commanders. Now let's look forward to the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to the link tomorrow in a wet Soggy Hurricane Ian Remnants type of afternoon. It's going to be one of those types of games, Kyle Quinn. It might actually come down to some special teams play uh, with the rain. Rain steady in the forecast throughout the day, heavy at times. It's going to be one of those days, Kyle, one of those like uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game a couple years back type days, in my opinion. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars will be wearing a hideous white top and teal blue pant combination, uh, and the Eagles will be going with their greens. Kyle, do you see the rain or the weather at all maybe playing somewhat havoc tomorrow? Uh, It it sure could, yeah. I mean, if it's
1: windy too, then uh, that could obviously affect the field goal kicking game. And, yeah, I mean, if it's a closer game, then um, that could rear its ugly head. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's all slippery. um, The Special teams unit ends up being the the, the tipping point in this game. Then, yeah, I'm not sure I feel really great about it because the Jaguars actually have a pretty good special teams unit. That guy Agnew they have back there. Uh, he can break one off at any given play. So that's definitely
0: something we're going to have to watch out for. And then the injury report for the Eagles, uh, Landon Dickerson should be back in the lineup on Sunday, but we are not going to have Avante Maddox or Boston Scott. They have both been ruled out. Uh, Maddox with an ankle, Scott with the rib. Uh, Pretty interesting and important people there, both of them. Uh, Who, to you, makes more of a difference being out?
1: Well, definitely Maddox over uh, Scott, because. The Jaguars have Christian Kirk, who is one of the best slot receivers in football, I would say. And not having Avante Maddox, your number one slot guy there, obviously is going to hurt you a little bit. But um, good thing we have CJ Gardner Johnson, who was playing a ton of slot with the Saints last season. And, you know, of course, Bradbury can play a little bit of the slot, too. They have guys um, who are going to be able to fill in in that role. So hopefully. Um, Hopefully, it doesn't make too big of a difference in that game. I mean, Boston Scott at this point is kind of like a second or third running back, so um, I would definitely say that Avante Maddox's loss is the bigger one, and one that you know, it it frankly concerns me a little bit because, as I mentioned, Christian Kirk is is pretty damn good uh, coming out of the
0: slot, but it's something that I think that we can overcome. And for the Jaguars, nobody is ruled out, but they have a ton of questionables: Uh, Levon Chasing the uh, linebacker uh, Shaquiel. Griffin, the cornerback, Zay Jones, which is a big one, the uh, wide receiver, and uh, Cole Van Lannon, the uh, offensive guard with the hamstring. Uh, they are all questionable heading into today's or Sunday's game. And um, what do you think, Kyle Quinn? Um, it, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a big unknown to me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know anything about Jaguars. Uh, but I do know they've loaded up with some good young talent. I know Zay Jones is one of those types of players uh how do you how do you look at the injury report is it tip to the eagles or is it tip towards the jaguars probably it
1: does towards the jaguars honestly just because of the avante maddox factor now we uh zay jones is it, it would change things a little bit if he doesn't play because Zay Jones has been pretty damn good for jacksonville so far this season but um yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm with you it's tough to get a read on jacksonville but i i think you got to give him credit for Playing as, as well as they are right now, I think I heard that hey, in the last two, like thirty two games or something, they're like three and twenty nine, and, and they already have two wins on this season. So uh, obviously, Doug's doing something right down there in Jacksonville, and and the uh, the stench of Urban Meyer, I think, is finally uh, worn off in that locker room. So
0: yeah, I mean, they they got good things coming down there. It's definitely going to be a test. So with that being said, Kyle Quinn, I believe this game's got a trap game written all over it. Before I tell you about that, why don't you tell me what you think is going to transpire down there at the link on Sunday? Yeah, I will
1: I, I see what you're saying. I actually also think this could be a trap game for the Jaguars, who are coming off a pretty big win well, on the road against a banged-up, albeit Chargers team, but still a big road win against an AFC contender. They be smell themselves a little bit, and now their second week in a row, uh, traveling, so it could work that way as well. Three keys in a wet and maybe windy ball game. The first key for the Eagles is going to be to run the football. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars. One thing they have done for on defense is they have a pretty good pass rush, uh, especially on the edges there with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, not that Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. <laughs> but a good way to stop a good pass rush is to run the football and blow them off the ball with your big, strong offensive linemen. So they're going to want to be able to establish the run. I think that's also going to be the key to uh, effectively putting teams away in the second half and getting some points on the board in the second half. So they're going to need to be able to run the ball effectively. Now, on the other side, they're going to have to stop Jacksonville from running the ball. Um, James Robinson has been pretty damn good, I mean, surprisingly good. To me, coming off that Achilles injury, you rarely see running backs come back that quickly and that strong. Off uh, an Achilles tear like that, but he has man, and he has been uh, just—he's—he's he's a tough dude to take down. So they're going to have to stop James Robinson. And number three, listen to this: the Jaguars, uh, I, I think, on like twenty or or, or like thirty, forty—it's it's a really high number percentage of their plays. They are throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. So basically, what they're doing is they're saying, "Come tackle us." So the Eagles are going to have to be able to tackle in this game. Uh, none of that missed tackle BS that they were doing in Detroit. We're going to have to lock up and uh get these guys behind the line of scrimmage that's going to be key to you know ma- making those drives for jacksonville a lot shorter uh
0: than they're intending to so run the ball stop the run and tackle those guys man yeah that seems to be the recipe to win football games uh let me Giana, give you where i look at the key keys to victory is uh it's once again it's probably not going to change until the eagles show me otherwise but uh just consistency across the board uh, that's my number three key to victory uh, there's some good things going on right now with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'll be the last—I'll be the first one to say that. Uh, and that I think we need to kind of stay that course. Obviously, uh, John Gannon's defense of calling and defensive schemes and his packages have been super improved since the week one and last season. Um, so he needs to continue to do that. Whatever he's doing to concoct those game plans, he needs to continue on. Uh, Nick Sirianni seems to have leveled out as a head coach making all the right decisions now, uh, making all the right choices. Uh, and then of course, the maturation of his quarterback, Jalen hurts is it's key to number one, in my opinion, there, uh, my number two key to Eagles victory is um, I want to see more diversity, Kyle. I want to see more people getting the ball like they've been doing. I, I, I love looking at the box score, seeing eight receptions here, five receptions with this guy, seven receptions there. Uh, that that to me is a well-balanced offensive attack. It's also a sign of a quarterback. That's, going through his progressions. I need to see more of that. Uh, again, I'm liking what I'm seeing there, but if we continue to do that and mix things up, uh, and so they they key down on A.J. Brown, then fine, that pops open Devontae and Quez. They key on Devontae, it pops open somebody else. Uh, then the middle part of that field might become open, and then we can utilize our tight end. So continue to be diversified with the ball. And my number one key to Eagles victory is, it'll remain the same as Jalen Hurts and his continued progression and maturation as an, as a, as a a a. Uh, Future franchise quarterback in this league. So, there are my three keys to victory. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm with you there. It sounds like you're just pretty
1: much saying be who they are, and, and uh, they should have no problem disposing of Jacksville. And I think you're right on it because we are just flat out a more talented team today. I know they've been playing well, but uh, we're, I, I think, at this point, at this stage, a uh, more experienced and better football team. And I think if we just play
0: our game the way that we have, we should be able to do this. All right, Kyle, give me your prediction and score. By the way, uh, for those of you at home we're keeping track, uh, Kyle injures this week two and one. We were both right. We both picked the Eagles last week. So when I am now one and two, I finally got on the win column. Kyle, what you got for me this week? Yeah, so this is an
1: interesting one. Because of the way that Jacksonville just won last week, um, and then Las Vegas set the line at the Eagles by seven, mm. which was, I mean, that's a pretty big number in the NFL, especially yep. considering how a lot of has been playing. So a lot of either respect, come in the Eagles way or disrespect toward the way either way I'm not seeing it being a seven point game by the Eagles I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that uh, I think we might have to pull one out at the end I think we're going to see Jalen Hurts kick off another one of those boxes of development that we uh, have wanted to see and that's going down and orchestrating a game-winning drive with his arm so once he does that I think we're going to win 27 to 24.
0: Yep, I as well have the Eagles this week, too, Kyle. I think they win this game, uh, but I think it's even closer than you. I, I, I'm liking 13-10, to 10, uh, and I think the special teams comes through in a big way at the very end of the game. I like uh, the Jake Elliott winning, game-winning field goal to, sit, uh, to, to win things at the very end. That's where I'm getting my 13-10. That
1: would be fun if, uh, if, if you know, finally the, the one last big worry that everybody had, special teams came through in a big way. I mean, how about a block kick
0: touchdown? In yeah. the game, yeah, that... walk-off, block, kick, touchdown. There we go. I haven't seen one of those since 1988. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Kyle. MVP of the game can be anybody, coach, player, cheerleader, or the guy that sells the hot dogs. Anybody you want, Kyle, who's the smartest MVP? All right, how about a little bit outside the box? T.J. Edwards. Mm.
1: I mentioned that the Eagles are going to have to tackle the Jaguars invite you to make tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I think TJ Edwards is going to do just that. I think he's done a good job this year of sniffing out screens before they happen. And I think he's done a good job of firing through those gaps. He's just been a good player all around
0: this, uh, this year so far. and I think that continues on Sunday. And I'm going to go with, I was kind of back and forth on this, but I'm going to go with Grant Kachera, the uh, tight end. I think he has a big game. Yes. He had that big 40 yard reception last week. I think we can continue that. Uh, he is the one no one's accounting for. Give me, give me him as my MVP of the game tomorrow, Kyle. Is he going to be active? That I, I don't know. <laughs> Just if he is, he's my. If not, obviously, I was wrong about the MVP thing. But if, if not, we'll avoid, that. we'll avoid that. No, no, man. Hey, that's, that's what happens. But um, all right, Kyle. Uh, we got now go around the NFL, and we have to check in and down there in the Big Easy in the Bayou, uh, the New Orleans Saints, who hold our top five draft pick picking fate in our hands uh, this season. Uh, you were very adamant on this program last week by saying that there's no way in hell. Well, I don't, you didn't say that, but you were very adamant by saying that the Panthers were a god-awful dumpster fire of an organization and that the Saints would cruise. That did not happen, Kyle. The Panthers pulled out the win. Uh, the Saints look like a dumpster fire right now, to be honest with you. They're now 1-2, and two, and they got the Vikings this week. Kyle, what's, uh, how's that top five? Is it trending in the right way right now? It does seem to be trending in the right way, although it does look like the Saints are
1: going to be making a quarterback change down yes. there, which, the which actually I, I think might work a little bit to their favor because what we know about James Winston is he's going to throw 30-something touchdowns and 35 interceptions. Now, uh, the Saints do have some weapons. They're a little bit banged up. Michael Thomas, I know uh, specifically he's banged up. But the Saints do have some weapons down there. If Andy Dalton could just be you know. The interception guy that he is and i think maybe that might, might give him a little bit of a better chance than uh a guy like james Winston does. who knows but uh either way as of right now
0: they lost a couple games in a row so that is a good sign for our draft pick yeah and uh you know I mentioned alvin kamar has got that court case thing hanging over his head and he's also dealing with some rib issues that have definitely cost me in the fantasy football world uh can't seem to get anything going with him uh i i uh, I, I don't. I never said this. I said this to you right off the bat. Uh, and by the way, I think they're in London. Are they in London this week? Uh, the Saints are in London, yeah, against uh, the Minnesota. Vikings. Yeah. So uh, I said this to you in the beginning of, or way in the summertime when we first started talking. He goes, you were very on board with the Saints not being a. Uh, I totally thought they were in rebuild mode. Uh, you said that they were going to kind of challenge there in the NFC South. Now, obviously, we're only three weeks into the season, but. It sure as hell ain't looking like they're challenging anybody right now except themselves.
1: Yeah, not yet. I mean, Jameis Winston has played pretty awful. Yeah. But uh, again, as I mentioned, beginning of the season, and it's still true, the Saints are a pretty talented football team. So a lot of time left. Still not a great division that they're playing in. So uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Obviously, I hope that it goes the other way because I want that draft pick as high as possible. But uh, yeah, as of right now, for the, if you're a Saints fan, not looking too hot.
0: No, it's not, Kyle. And now it brings us to the point of the show of the question of the week uh, that I take a lot of time and effort and energy to come up with something to tickle your brain. Kyle, uh, I was kind of uh, throwing up a goose egg all the way through the week. I couldn't come up with a bright one. And then you provided me the question of the week you did on Thursday night on your show, uh, Birds IQ, which you can see here on the edge of Philly Sports.com if you guys need to go check that out. This was with the question, my question of the week for you, Kyle Quinn. You told the Eagle Faithful out there on, on your show Thursday night, That it was okay not only was it okay but it was appropriate to start thinking about super bowl aspirations for the philadelphia eagles through three weeks of the 2022 season kyle quinn first thing is i want to ask you is how in the hell can you justify that comment after the eagles have defeated three teams that haven't made the playoffs in, in years uh one of them made the playoffs in 2020 that was the commanders everybody else hasn't made the playoffs Uh, Combined records of these teams were like 22 and 36 and one last year. The year before that, they were like 20, 37. Uh, The commanders won the division in 20, but they won it seven and nine. How in the hell, Kyle Quinn, can you make such an absurd statement to the Eagle Nation out there? Well, I'll tell you how, Matt. I've watched the team
1: and I've watched the rest of the NFL. Uh, First of all, citing records from years past is. A completely useless exercise when you consider that this is at the NFL. Uh, the Bengals were just in the Super Bowl last year, and the year before that, they were four eleven and one. As I just mentioned with the Jaguars, they had maybe three wins over the last thirty-two games, and now already have two going into the season. So records, uh, the, the last pre- previous seasons, they don't really matter one bit when we're talking about the opponents we're playing right now. And then when you consider the opponents going into the games. Right, the Vikings. We all said, "Oh, this is going to be a tough team. Vikings look pretty good. The Vikings have a really good offense." And then we handled them. Mm-hmm. And then, the, uh, and then the Commanders. The first two weeks, they were number one, number two in total offense. Well, we're going to have whatever hands full with those those wide receivers. So nope, we handled them again. So all the all, all the question marks that you had before those weeks, before those games, that they answer in convincing fashion. You have to give them credit for. And they've been absolutely dominant in these wins. And if you watch the rest of the NFL, and I'm sure you have because you're a football fan, you would see pretty plainly that the Eagles look like one of the most complete teams and one of the most talented teams in all of football through the first three weeks of the season. And now I'm going to throw at you the other reasons why I said that it's okay to think about a Super Bowl is because it's okay to say this. This might be the best team that we have in the next three, four years. There's a lot of circumstances behind that. Jalen Hurts' contract for one, uh, older veteran players leaving, guys on one-year deals, and then of course, Jonathan Gannon might not be here. So, if there's going to be a year, it's this year. Um, they, and I don't think it's absurd to say that at all, especially if you've watched the Eagles and if you've watched uh, the rest of the NFL
0: so far this season. Okay, now that's listen. All the evidence that you've cited, the physical evidence, is, is undeniable. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that over the fir- oh, through the first three weeks. They have not, they have been, if not the best team in the NFL, I'm pretty damn close to it, uh, but they have yet to kind of come up against anybody of any grit or substance, in my opinion. Now, uh, that may not even happen at all for the Eagles regular season this year. They have a pretty interesting schedule the rest of the way. So far, some of these teams that they're going to face have not had good starts to their season, and and who knows what that might take them to. But we are literally not even into the first quarter of the season. It'll be there tomorrow. and. For anybody to say that this team could potentially win a Super Bowl based on three games, Kyle, is just, to me, foolish. It's foolish because it sets people up for unrealistic expectations. There is a ton of football left to play. They could still go 3-14, and 14, of technically. Of course they could, Matt, but are you calling the odds makers in Las Vegas foolish that have set the, yeah. you know, the highest
1: odds in the NFC to make the Super Bowl? I mean, they, 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 I'm not the only one here. I, I'm not, like, just going out the live by saying this. If you watch the Eagles, and I, I, I know you have, they look really, really good. Newsflash. They look really, really good. And they probably look like uh, one of, if not the most dominant team in football. So, as a fan, yes, as a fan, I'm not Nick Siriani, and I'm not Brandon Graham, and I'm not Jalen Hurts. It's absolutely okay for me, and it's okay for you to start thinking about the Super Bowl. Do it.
0: Okay. Fun. Well, point. Let's remember this conversation. And I preference all this by saying, I hope you're right. I really do. But I can't in good conscience, do that at this particular moment in time. I can enjoy it week to week. And you mentioned the Vegas odds makers. Yes, that's correct. But you know what? Eagles lose two games in a row or whatever. They have a kink down the road. Then their odds go down. I mean, they're not, this is not science, by the way. This is, you know, betting and whatnot and trends and, and all that. Uh, the Eagles have not dealt with much adversity at this point. And I hope they don't. I hope we stay healthy as a team. Uh, they, they've cleaned a lot of things up. Their defense is an opportunistic, aggressive, Ball hawking, neat defense, which I've been waiting to see for years. Uh, They've what four turnovers through the first three games? That's outstanding. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and then Jalen Hurts is taking leaps and bounds. But again, I'm not going to be sitting down on Broad Street quite yet, Kyle Quinn. I need to see more,
1: and and that's fine. But to say that. Uh, getting your hopes up for a Super Bowl is absurd is, frankly, absurd because it's not. I mean, you, you just watch the team play. So you can remember this comment, yes. and I'll remember your comment at the beginning of the season where you said that the Eagles
0: were going to go 8-9 and, nine, eight and nine. the Commanders were going to win the division because now, it's looking asinine, Matt, I. So first of all, I told you the Commanders were going to win it because I'm, I'll never pick the Cowboys for anything. So let, don't don't forget that. I, I went with the Commanders because I didn't think the Giants are good, and I still don't think they are good. Uh, and I don't like the Cowboys, and I'll never pick them for anything. So I went with the commanders as a default. Uh, but I got your point. I, it's, t- it's well taken, Kyle Quinn. Um, and, and you're right. I'm on the record of saying 8-9. And I'm not backing off that. At, obviously, I'm not going to. I'll die on the hill if I have to. But I need to see more. But again, I hope I'm wrong on everything. And I hope we're standing next to each other at the parade this year. I really do. But I just don't. I'm not going to say it after three weeks, Kyle. I can't. You're gonna see more on Sunday, and
1: if they go four and Matt, are you gonna you're gonna be wavering a little bit on the eight wins prediction?
0: No, absolutely not.
1: That's. Uh...